Welcome to Paranormal Selectivities. I am your host, Anthony Martinez. On this podcast, every Friday I bring on a guest and we talk about a horror movie of their choosing. For this episode, my guest is Helena Piacek, and we will be talking about Sinister. You can watch this movie for free on Tubi or Pluto TV or with a subscription on YouTube TV, Hulu, or Amazon Prime. There were a few issues with the recording that I will mention during the podcast. I have switched recording services, which should avoid this issue in the future. Let's get into the episode. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Helena. Thank you for coming on. Uh, So we're talking about horror movies, and uh, specifically in this, we're talking about the movie Sinister. So what is your relationship with horror movies or the horror genre in general? Outside of growing up as a hot topic teenager and thinking I was way cooler <laughs> than I ever was, uh, I thought they were cool. So I started trying to be cool. <laughs> so have you you've been watching them for a, a while then? Yeah, for a little bit. Would you say that's your favorite uh, movie or is it just one you like to watch a lot? Personal, or favorite like- genre? Personally, one I like to watch a lot. I prefer like thrillers more. It's like the psychological thrillers. Yeah. Which I guess would be a subset of some kind of horror, but. Yeah, I think it kind of falls in the same category. All right, so then you brought in uh, Sinister to watch. And why did you choose Sinister? Because for some reason, I've made it this long without ever realizing that Sinister was a horror movie that came out in 2012. (laughs) (laughs) You just knew of the movie, but didn't know what kind of movie it was? Well, my boyfriend recommended it as it was one of the horror movies that really freaked him out. And he's Ah. a big horror movie guy. Okay, yeah. I, uh, I I was that way with Twin Peaks, where... I've heard of Twin Peaks. I never watched it, and I really didn't know much about it. So whenever I heard Twin Peaks, I assumed it was some kind of like, uh, like teenage sitcom or something like that, kind of like a, uh, like nine hundred two one zero or something like that. And then I yeah. heard it. Then I learned it was like a, a mysterious like sci fi kind of thing. It's like oh, oh that. And makes then it sense. turned out to be great. Still haven't watched it. Oh, I, I will one day. I will, but. Not anytime soon. <laughs> All right. So I I enjoyed this movie. Uh, great twist at the end. Um, it was not ready for that at all. Um, very, very uh, freaky. I, <laughs> I got like into the beginning part of the movie and I was like, okay, I can't do this. I don't know why I'm, why I'm making a horror movie podcast. <laughs> I can't even watch this movie. Uh, so the uh, the beginning of the movie starts off with a like it looks like really old footage of four people um, with a bag over their head and like a, a noose around their neck next to a tree, and then something is cutting the tree, and then next thing you know they're all hanging there, and uh, then it kind of cuts off, which is just like the super super creepy way to start a movie. It was then, just so eerie. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the like the sound design in this movie was really good. A lot of the stuff like the background noises and stuff were like really made it even creepier. 
Definitely. And the lighting. I I was kind of irritated because, like, I understand you're like a horror movie, but, like, this is a house. And <laughs> they had the worst housing. Like, it's the like number, they spe- specifically paid for it to be bad. The number of times that I looked at Jimmy and I was like, why does he have a flashlight? Just turn the light on. It's your own home. Use the electricity. <laughs> Yeah, there is one scene where like the electricity goes out and he's using the flashlight and it's probably the worst flashlight I've ever seen in my life. Like <laughs> it's it doesn't light anything up and it this is like 2012 that it came out, so you should have a flashlight on your phone that's probably better than the flashlight he had. Well, they had the one scene where he was using the flashlight on his phone, but he was also recording himself. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We'll we'll get into that uh, when we get to it. Um, I have a couple things to say about that part. Uh, so, uh, following along with the plot, after that, it kind of cuts to uh, a family moving in to a house, uh, which you find out is is like the main character. It's Ellison, who's the father. Uh, the wife is Tracy. The daughter is Ashley, and the son is Trevor. Um, and you find out that he's an author. He writes about like true crime. Uh, the cops don't like him because of the, like the writings he does. Um, and they move in. He like has some like conversation with the officer, which I thought was kind of weird that the officer was there while they were moving in. Well, with his books, apparently he shit talks a lot of police in being bad at their jobs for not solving the crimes that he's supposedly has solved in his books. So I think they were just offended that he was there. Yeah. and the, But that one guy, one guy was a fan, wanted his book signed. Deputy so-and-so? Yeah, so-and-so. Um, so let me see. Oh, yeah, and then you also find out that they moved into the house that the crime was committed. Uh, the wife didn't know, only he knew, which I think... Even since she's not like into the whole, whole like the crime or what is it a uh, true crime, but she, I mean, they bought the house. You would think she would have put a little bit of effort into like looking Got into the house research. they're buying. It. Yeah, that she would have known this is the house that they were moving into. You would uh, think if she hated it so much, she she wouldn't marry a true crime writer. Yeah, I, I think it was. I don't think he was originally a true crime writer. But that's what he got famous off of. Um, let me see what happens next. So while they're moving in, he goes into the attic and finds a film or a box that has some film uh, and like an old projector in it. And they he started watching that later on in the night. And the films were all labeled like really nice things. It was like a barbecue and a pool party and all that kind of stuff. Family were, hanging, yeah, hang. Oh, yeah, they named that very cleverly. I guess it was like hanging out or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So then he ends up watching those. It ends up being uh, the one movie was the the hanging video. There was also the barbecue was uh, of a, like a family getting uh, burnt in a car, and then. The creepiest thing about those videos is that they're taken of the family prior to anything happening 
from afar, like someone's just creeping. Yeah, that was like they clearly made it like somebody was watching them while this was all happening and not like uh And then it cut to the actual like crime. Yeah. Which is horribly creepy. Yeah, yeah. It was all of these films are like really they're really good at making these look creepy. Especially because it's like a an older, like kind of grainy. Yeah, something from the sixties is just creepy. <laughs> And then uh, he goes to he starts calling the police because he's going to tell him that he has um, he has all this like uh, what's it called? I can't think of the word evidence. Evidence. That's <laughs> he's got evidence <laughs> of these crimes being committed. Um, and then he, which Just I think this it. is pro- he, well, okay. So he sees he has a case with his other book. He has he. Ha- I can understand if you had the case and it was like there was one book on it and it was kind of like maybe he has like his awards or whatever around it to kind of like highlight it. But instead, it was just like he had like six of the books and they were just like in a case. What it looks like he was trying to present them, but it there was like no organization. It looks like he just no. threw the books in there. It was it's kind of ridiculous. But he sees that book and he's like, OK, I can't I can't give the give this away. This is going to be my next big book. Uh, so yeah, he ends up not telling the police uh, because he wanted to write another good book. So then, after that, it goes to a scene, uh, a video of these people being drowned, drowned like they're in like chairs, they're strapped to, and then somebody pulls them into the oh, the family pool, pool party. Yeah. And in that one, at the end, you see like the uh, this creepy thing at the bottom of the pool, which I just after the first one, it, it didn't make any sense that he was like so freaked out, and then he just kept watching him. And I think it was, I think it was the one where the uh, car was on fire. He like stopped it. And then you could tell he was clearly bothered. He stopped it. And then like a couple minutes later, he like Started rewinds it a little bit. <laughs> Not even starting it over, just rewinding it a little bit so he could see that part again. <laughs> was ridiculous. Really freaked me out. Let's look at it again. Yeah. And then as he's watching that pool party one, the projector catches on fire. And you would think... Okay, the projector's on fire. Okay, I'm just not going to watch any of these movies anymore. Something clearly is going on here. But instead, he repairs the film, and he makes it so he can use his own camera to watch the movies or whatever. Just to uh, re- record them again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to put on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, this guy, I just, every time, every, everything he did just irritated me. <laughs> And then let me see what else. Uh, so then the next day, his son comes home from school, or maybe this is the same day. I don't remember. Uh, but next the the next scene is him, his son coming home from school, and he drew uh, a tree with four people hanging from it at the school in permanent marker, which I would have been freaked out. I mean, obviously the bunch of the kids know about it, but still. Well, I loved how he came in and was just like to his mom, like, I know more than you know, because she still at this point hasn't figured out that they're living at the crime scene. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I thought that he was going to find out then. I feel like, or she was going to find out at that point in time that the movie or that they were living in that house. It takes, I felt like it took a long time for that to come out. Um, so then after that, um, he is watching another film and he hears noises coming from the attic and he goes up to find uh, what was going on in the film. He finds, <laughs> he finds a snake in there. And when he finds a snake, it was so funny to me because he just kind of like the snake ran away. And then he just like accepted the fact that he now has a snake in his house. Well, you forgot the scorpion at the very beginning. Yeah, but he killed Headaches he killed infested. It. That, yeah, yeah. With the creepiest things. He kills the scorpion, though. But now he has a snake and it's, I, he's not like a snake expert. So he doesn't even know if this is like a super dangerous snake that is in his house now. And he finds the snake under the, the lid of the box, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then on that box, you see uh, the four, uh, like the family hanging. And then next to the tree is, it's like a little drawing of the family. And then a little tree with the figure named Mr. Boogie. Mr. Boogie. Yeah. And then he falls. <laughs> He's like kind of freaks out, falls through the attic, and then he passes out. Oh, this is where he started recording. Yeah. He was recording himself yeah. in there. And then he falls. And, and then he, when he lands, he passes out. Uh, so then it cuts to him waking up, uh, talking to like a. Uh, what's it like a paramedic and a doc or a police officer deputy so-and-so the deputy so-and-so uh, so he talks to him and he kind of uh he starts investigating the movies again and he finds the mr boogie in each one of the videos and then after that uh he also finds out i think this is when he's talking to the like that per- policeman starts doing stuff for him now he finds out that at each one of those murders one of the kids went missing and then that night he was watching or he was sleeping the projector came on in the middle of the night while investigating that uh trevor oh i missed the spot where did the box happen oh it was like early it was yeah i completely after the hanging Okay, yeah, yeah, I was. I forgot about that. I didn't write it down in my That was thing, the most horrible thing I've watched. That, okay, so literally as I'm watching this movie, okay, I'm all the way in my upstairs. My dogs are downstairs. I'm all alone in my room. And right before he jumps out of the box, my dogs start barking at something <laughs> just completely unrelated. <laughs> and that freaked me out. And then he Double jumps. jump scare. The recording cut out here. We talked about the part where the sun popped out of the cardboard box. Let's get back into the recording with Ellison investigating the projector turning on. Uh, he went to go investigate why the projector came on. He had one of the he had the picture from the hanging where the uh, Mister Boogie was in the in the bushes, and he like looks outside to where that bush is. And he moves it down. Then he see Mr. Boogie's face in there. So he runs out outside. This is when he has his phone, I'm pretty sure, as a flashlight. And a baseball bat. And a baseball bat. Gets to it, finds that it's his, his son's out there. 
and his son is screaming super creepily again. They like run inside. Well, he brings him inside, goes back out there. There's a dog. <laughs> and then behind him, you see like the all the other kids that were like the previous kids that went missing behind him in the in the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Then let me see. After that, goes back in. Then he gets a call per- from a professor and he learns that the name of that demon is actually Bagul. Which is, I don't know. I felt like they could have got a better name. He could have found a cooler name. And I have but, no idea if it's real or if they made him up for the movie. But I didn't look that up either. I probably should have. But just not not a very creepy name for a demon. Um, so he hears that his name is Bagul, and he's kind of like a he attacks kids or eats kids or something like that. Um, so then later on, he hears the projector again. So then he starts uh, investigating that as he's like running around the house, which I don't know. I feel like his kids and wife are never home. Not at night. (laughs) Yeah, which is so weird because he's like running around. I think this is the time where he's like screaming and like he's running around with a bat in his own home. Uh, You see a bunch of different kids running around. They're all in like different states of decay. And he ends up falling asleep with the bat in his hand. Oh, on the couch, yeah. Yeah. Then the next day, uh, so his daughter, Ashley, she's like a painter, and she's allowed to paint on her walls, but she didn't. She ended up painting in the hallway, and she tells, she she asked, they ask why she was painting in the hallway, and she said that the girl, Stephanie, who was the girl that was missing from this, from the thing in the beginning, said that that was like her room or that was her brother's room. And she didn't want her picture in her room or in her brother's room or something like that. So then that's when they find out that's when the wife finds out that the girl is, or that they are all staying in the murder victim or the murder house. Finally, after how long? This is like almost an hour into the movie, I think. Yeah. (laughs) And like the thing that is craziest is not the fact that she clearly her daughter is talking to a ghost or some that like a missing child. That's yeah. not what they're worried about. They're worried about the house being uh, the house of uh, where the family was murdered. It didn't happen technically in the house. It happened in the backyard. That was I mean, his loophole. No, the, no, the <laughs> loophole was, she said, promise me we're not staying a couple of houses down. And he said, I promise. <laughs> It's because they were staying in in the house. And as soon as he said that. Well, she asked, did it happen in the house? And he's like, well, technically no. And she's like, well, where? And he's like, in the backyard. Oh, when they're like arguing. Yeah, when when he said that originally, because this is like when they first moved in. And he says like, yeah, this is it. I promise we didn't move into the house. Or a couple of houses down. And I was like, oh, yeah, they definitely moved inside that house. That's (laughs) I think this is when he finds the Mr. Boogie in the attic. And then he takes... Oh, with all the kids watching the movie? Yeah. Yeah, super creepy. This movie had a lot of, like, not a lot of jump scares, but just a lot of, like, really creepy scenes. And yet the whole time I'm sitting on edge, freaking out, looking at everything in the background. I know. I think that's what makes these worse. I thought... 
So I, I thought maybe I would be more okay with these kind of movies now that I'm like on anxiety medication, but it's nope. <laughs> it's still not still not a good still not good. So then yeah, they find the the kids in the demon in the attic. So then he takes the film out and burns it. And then he's like they move back to the old house uh in the middle of the night. Then oh, I missed this there's a scene where that the other the policeman so-and-so comes over and the way that he was talking i was like this guy is the murderer like right he sounded so creepy and just the way he was talking it sounded like he was the guy who did it he was so invested in it too and he was like ready to do everything after hours off the clock like probably committing crimes to to do that giving him all this personal information from unsolved crimes like addresses and names yeah. of the families and yeah it definitely seemed like he was like part of whatever was going to happen um so then let me see they move back to the old house uh at the house they talk to the professor and learns that uh picture or images of bagul is what allows him to like get into our realm or whatever, at least that's what they believe is the case. Um, so then he goes into the attic, and in the attic it finds uh, that same box that was at the other house, the box that he burned, and it said like it had like extended cuts in it, and so he goes, is he goes to watch him. Before he watch him, he gets a call from the detective so and so. Who says that anyone who lives in the house where the murders happen, once they move to the next location, is when they get killed? Which I don't know. That just is weird. Well, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, because he said that every family that was ever murdered had lived in the home of the previous family who's been murdered. Yeah. Like the th- what was it? The arson family, like the Martinez family, which was the car, moved from the Portland, Oregon family, which was the drowning, which mm-hmm. seems to have been like the first video. Then the Martinez's moved to where the like stabbing was, not the stabbing, the throat slicing. Yeah, I think so. And then they remember- moved to the, the weird lawnmower one, which I'm so glad they never watched more than once because I don't think I could handle that. <laughs> yeah, that was like the creepy, like the the worst one to depict. I that was horrible. Like, I don't know why I could deal with the hanging as many times as they shown it, but I don't think <laughs> I could deal with the face and the lawnmower any more yeah. than the one time that they showed it. Yeah, and that was the one that I think he like. That was the one that really freaked him out too, which I don't. I don't blame him. That, it that had to have been the most gruesome one. Yeah, uh, but that's the one thing I don't like about horror movies is sometimes they're just like there's just weird rules in them. Like, okay, so you can live in the house that the murder happened, but the second you move to another one, that's when yours is going to happen. Yeah. So then, yeah, so then that's when he learns that, and then he watches the films and finds out that it was actually the missing kids who committed the murders. Like the one kid that went missing. It's because they were possessed by Bagul. 
Yeah. And he then stole their souls to eat them. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he's like getting lightheaded. Run. I don't know why he like automatically runs over to the cup he was drinking out of. But he like picks it up and sees there's a note on it that says, uh, good night, daddy. And then his daughter comes into view. He wakes up uh, bound and gagged with the rest of his family. And then it just kind of implies that Ashley kills him with an axe. And then kind of draws all over the walls with the blood. And then she's like watching the film or like the film is being projected. You see all of the previous kids. And then Bagul comes up and picks her up and takes her into the film. And then it kind of cuts out from there. So, yeah, this was super creepy. I thought they did a great job at making it very creepy, but I don't know. And that jump scare at the end of Bagul's face just randomly in the the darkness. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That one got me good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that there wasn't a lot of jump scares but the ones they had were very good oh uh i forgot about the part uh in the mood where he was just randomly watching old interviews of himself yeah like how weird that's how self-obsessed do you have to be yeah that was super strange oh and then i forgot about this when he falls down the attic and he like watches his himself and as he's falling, you see those hands like dragging him down. How is I that? Couldn't, I couldn't tell if that was like them pushing him down or trying to pull him out of the attic. Like the attic was the not place to be. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't even think about it that way. It's like, yeah, I couldn't tell if they were pushing or pulling. I thought it felt like to me, fell. it felt like pulling, but I think it felt like pulling, but still, like. Okay, you clearly see this. Okay, something is there. Why would you... That would be the point where I immediately leave. (laughs) Move out of that house? Yeah, it wouldn't have been waiting until anything else to happen. The fact that I see... I have video evidence of, like, hands coming out of nowhere to pull me down. I would have been done. And not just any hands, but children's hands. Yeah, very creepy children's hands. Oh, when I first started watching the movie, I was watching with my headphones on, and I immediately switched it to the monitor sound. Yes, yes, it is. I couldn't, I couldn't have it in my ears anymore. <laughs> it's like intense. That. And then it was weird to me how he was just so okay with watching those films. Like the first one is people being hung, and then the next one was like the people getting lit on fire. And then he's like, "Oh yeah, let me just keep." Let me just keep watching these. And that like one scene with the fire where he like finds Bagul's face and then like zooms in on it. And it's just like a computer background and it just moves <laughs> and like looks at him. Oh, that was, oh, that was really good. He was on the phone at the time and it just like looks at him and then he kind of looks back. That was really good. My heart sank. <laughs> I was kind of expecting, like, because usually at the end of the the movie, there's always, like, the scene where they're, like, getting out or, like, trying to get out against the bad guy or, like, the the killer, but there was nothing there. It was just, once they found out who the killer was, they were dead. 
Which I guess that's why there's a sequel to this, but... Yeah. Which I'm curious to look into, maybe eventually during the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, so... I need you to be to to be honest with yourself and anyone who is watching this or going to listen to this podcast. All right. We're going to put you as the wife in this movie. Uh-huh. What percentage chance do you think you get out of having or what percentage chance do you have of getting out of this movie? If I was the wife and I was as dumb as she was. <laughs> no, uh, this is you're you're putting yourself in this movie. Now you're the wife in this movie. Oh, and you we wouldn't have even moved into you... the house. I would have divorced him long before this was an option. <laughs> I know she threatened it. She's like, if this doesn't work out, we're leaving. Like, no, we're leaving before you move me into a murder home. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm in the same same boat as you. I'm like, there's no way I'm getting into this position. But like you had to know why you were moving. You had yeah, to. Yeah, I, I still don't even know why they have to move all the time. It just doesn't make sense. And I thought they would have made the boy the one who does the killing. I because thought so he was too. like being. Uh, he had like the nightmares and stuff. Like the daughter was mostly normal. Like, mm-hmm. she didn't want to go, she wanted to go home, Like didn't want anything to do with it. But they painted this whole picture that the son was, like, possessed and had night terrors and the worst thing in the world. And, and kept waking up, yeah. So I thought he was going to kill everybody. Yeah, so, alright, and then, um, out of ten, what would you rate this movie? And, like, you could do, like, one rating is enjoyment, and then the other rating is how uh how good of a movie you actually think it is or if it's the same you could just say one number overall i think the movie was really well done like give it a nine as a horror movie i'd give it a 10 definitely kept me on my toes i did you know predict the ending a little too close there so i knew what was gonna happen after they talked to the professor and he mm-hmm. like listed what was going to happen. And I called it, and I was like, "This family's dead." Oh, okay. <laughs> you mean you mean that just them dying, not uh, not the daughter being the killer? No, I think that was figured out after he spliced all the movies back together, the extended cuts. Oh yeah, yeah. I kind of told you you didn't. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have a chance to guess. Yeah, the I I enjoyed the movie. Very creepy. Uh, as like a horror movie, I would say it's like a seven. The thing I didn't like about it was kind of like the they like put stuff out there and then kind of didn't do anything with it. Like the son having the nightmares, he should have been the one possessed at the end. And like they just kind of threw random things in there, like the daughter talking to the the missing girl. Yeah, I that think, was like a one-time thing, and then it just never cut back to that. I think the daughter was just there because the family needed to have an extra kid to do the killing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. So I, I, I liked it. Very creepy. Kind of kept me on the edge of my seat, but the plot lines uh, were not were not great. I felt like they could have done better with that. So I'm hoping in the second one they did better. Uh, I, maybe we'll we'll see. <laughs> Okay, so then the last thing we're going to do is uh, I pulled a couple quotes from the movie, and uh, you just need to either say who it was who said it, 
or at what point in time was this being said? Uh, so the first quote we're going to do is, uh, snakes don't have feet. Oh, Detective So-and-so. It <laughs> <laughs> was after he fell out of the roof or that out of the what, attic. Yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes. He was like, he's like, okay, so you heard somebody in the attic, but the ladder wasn't down. He's like, no, it wasn't. He's like, well, you know, you can't close the ladder from inside the attic. And he's like, yeah, I know. He's like, so how would there be an intruder there? He's like, I didn't say there was an intruder. But you like, thought there was. Footsteps. He's like, oh, I did see a snake in there. <laughs> Snakes don't have feet. <laughs> no, I saw that a scorpion. Yeah, but you wouldn't hear them. It's <laughs> got to like, be squirrels. You, like, you would hear squirrels. Um, so then, let's see, the next quote I have, this is kind of like two people talking. It said, uh, we found you in a box. A box. <laughs> should, should I tell you about the time that I... The time you tried to pee in the dryer. <laughs> That's the mom and the son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After that horrible jump scare of him grudge crawling out of the like box. That was great. And then I'm sure you'll get this one as well. It's a, don't worry, daddy, I'll make you famous again. Oh, that's her right before she killed him. Yeah, that was very creepy. <sighs> that's all he wanted. Yeah, exactly. That was the whole the whole thing he was there for. All right. Well, that was the end of the podcast. Thank you for coming on. And I'm sure we can set up to eventually watch the second one and uh, do another episode on that one. Oh, I'm so down. Thank you for listening to Paranormal Selectivities. I have been your host, Anthony Martinez, and my guest was Helena Piacek. The artwork for the podcast was done by Zach Fitzpatrick. Links for his work and the best ways to contact the podcast are in the show notes. Thank you, and I'll talk to you next Friday.